Time and time again, people come to Sage International Incorporated because they experience confusion about the entity or entities they have formed either on their own or through another service provider. If you do not understand how to obtain solid liability protection, effective tax reduction, or have never given any thought to the importance of exit or estate planning issues, then the Sage Facilitator Program was designed specifically for you. To learn more, call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 and schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. The SAGE clients enrolled in the SAGE Facilitator Program have discovered that this proprietary process creates tremendous peace of mind for themselves and their families. It's time for you to stop worrying by calling 775-786-5515 to learn more so we can help you today. Call SAGE International. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our radio show. Very nice to be with you today on a nice fall day. Today, we're going to be talking about the commercial real estate world. I have two guests in the studio today. Ben Gallus is a commercial real estate executive at Logic Commercial Real Estate. He's going to be talking to us about the multifamily transactions over the course of the last 30 to 60 days here in northern Nevada. Also joining us, too, is Larry Ryan, the owner of Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing Services here in northern Nevada. And he's going to talk about the holidays, too, because it seems like that's when the biggest plumbing problems happen in commercial businesses. That and more after this if you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency. Hi, my name is Brandy Dunbar, and I've lived here in Reno my entire life. I've worked for child care for the last 17 years, and I just started working at CSA about a year ago, and I absolutely love it. Here at CSA, teachers have more time to plan, more time to teach, and more time to play. Call 786 the most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. In addition to thinking about all those cold weather situations coming at the end of the year, we're thinking about the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Yes, it's coming up in the winter, February 22nd through 24th in Yarrington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. It's a great place to go if you want to learn to improve your beekeeping skills or you want to become a beekeeper. Lots of fun, great things to do for the world, and you'll meet great people. Visit the website, nevadastatebeekeepers.com. Org. With me in the studio today, I have Ben Gallus, and Ben is a real estate executive at Logic Commercial Real Estate. Welcome to our show, Ben Gallus. Peter, thanks for having me. It's good to have you, Ben. I was looking at one of your posts on social media recently, and I saw some great information on multifamily transactions. You've got some great information. I hope you're ready to share that with us today. Oh, absolutely. You're referencing the last September 2023 uh, apartment sales uh, sheet that I came out with. And yep. uh, what's interesting is, you know, with, with uh, interest rates as high as they are, uh, getting bank debt is really difficult uh, to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times the cap rate or rate of return you're getting on a property is lower than the interest rate you're going to pay on your loans. Yeah. So uh, the way I look at things right now is you solve the debt problem, you're going you're gonna to find a deal. And so uh, in the month of September, there was not one transaction that closed with bank debt. Uh, of those, four had 
uh, all cash deals where there was no bank, and then three had owner financing where really? the owner carried back the, the paper for uh-huh. the buyer. So are so is this is this something new? Is it a new trend, or has it happened for a long time where people are are not getting bank financing when they do commercial? No, typically uh, I'd say uh, like sixty. Uh, percent of uh, 60 to 70 percent of the transactions that close will ha- involve bank debt. And then you'll still get, you know, a, de- a decent amount of all cash transactions. But, uh, you know, this is definitely the sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're, you're, even your best uh, interest rate on any kind of real estate product, which would be the, the Fannie Mae apartment loans, mm-hmm. uh, they're in the sixes. They're probably mm-hmm. six and a quarter to six and a half, although yeah. the 10 years done nothing but go up. And, and so, um, you know, it's tough to get that. And most deals are trading at a, a five and a quarter to 5.6 cap rate in northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. So these deals that you're following, are they happening Reno Sparks or are you looking at deals beyond? Uh, I'm looking at the entire state, although this report that is just for northern Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, not a whole lot, uh, I think, is really trading in very many. There was a deal in Carson City. Uh, there was a deal in Gardnerville that, that traded uh, last week. Um, but, you know, all in all, I mean, our, our sales volume in terms of number of transactions that have closed on the multifamily side over five units, it's down about 50, 60 percent from mm-hmm. last year. And that's uh, part of the reason it's it's uh, that low because uh, it was a lot higher. We were down 70 percent uh, before September came around was that uh, we had a lot of deals trade. And part of that yeah. is there was a. Uh, uh, an IRS 1031 extension in certain counties in California. And so basically they had until October 16th to, uh, depending on when they closed on their deal, identify and close or, or just identify. So that's part of the reason why I think there were so many cash transactions because they had to spend the money, otherwise they were gonna have a uh, the tax situation. Uh, on Monday, they did uh, do a late extension of that to November 16th to give all those Californians moving their money out of state uh, mm-hmm. some extra time, but yeah. uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a lot more all-cash transactions really happening here uh, the end of the year or in the next year. Does it look similar in southern Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, kind of the same situation? Uh, a little bit. You know, uh, they're four times our size, but we've had ad- the same number of 100-plus transactions closed this year as mm-hmm. they have. Really? And cap rates are actually a little higher down in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, I say northern Nevada, it's about five and a quarter to 5.6 cap rate. Down in Vegas, it's probably closer to five and a half to six. They're actually seeing uh, a six handle on some of the deals that are trading. There is a lot of money that wants to buy properties, mm-hmm. but uh, they want the math to work. Mm-hmm. And, and the math needs to be your interest rate is lower than your cap rate, which isn't the case. Mm-hmm. You know, we're at a minimum, a full uh, point higher on your interest rate than as we are on the cap rate. Explain to our listeners, if you can, in a, in a real brief way, what is the cap rate? How do you describe that? A cap rate is your net operating <coughs> income divided by the sales price that you pay for the property. So basically, it's your, your rate of return. Mm-hmm. There's other uh, measures that you can use. There's a cash on cash, which actually takes into account not just your net operating income, but also the amount of your debt payments. 
But most people use a cap rate. Um, other people also use a gross rent multiplier. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people use that anymore. Some other regions they do. But a capitalization rate or a cap rate is typically what people use to value the cash flow of a property. Ben Gallus, real estate professional at Logic Commercial Real Estate, is my guest. Ben, you've been in the business a good little while now. Got some experience behind you. Let our listeners know. Uh, I've been licensed 23 years. Wow. Got my license when I was a junior at UNR. and got an accounting degree that I've never used, so I just, you know. I bet you can balance a checkbook, though. I can. Uh, <laughs> do they do that anymore? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah I can right. definitely balance a checkbook. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to know what you're doing because you have kind of a pulse on new business and new developments coming to northern Nevada. Do you remember back when there was talk about Tesla coming to northern Nevada? Oh, yeah. Remember, wasn't that exciting? Yeah. I, kn- I remember the announcement date very specifically. It was September of 2014. Mm. And, uh, man, it just changed the real estate market. I had a deal in escrow at that time where the, the buyer had already gone non-refundable with their deposit and the deal was locked in. Mm-hmm. Tesla got announced and that seller said, how can I get out of this deal? And I was like, you can't. If, unless you want to get sued, you know, the, we gotta, you got to close this. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. So, and it, was, it had a significant impact. I think the one thing that uh, our region didn't really handle all that well was keeping up with the demand because mm-hmm. I know EDON, which is the Economic Development Agency of Western Nevada, they estimated that we needed 5,000 new housing units a year to keep up with the demand. Right. And we really didn't start hitting that until the past few years. Right. And, and so uh, that's why our uh, single family pricing has gone up so much and why our rents have gone up so much because we just haven't had the supply to meet the demand. That's why it's interesting to talk about commercial real estate uh, because it does impact residential real estate and vice versa. Yeah. As one comes in, you get more of the other and more of the other. And I know plenty of people that move to, let's say, a remote area of the Truckee Meadows, and then before long there's a business or two down the street, and they wonder, why are so many businesses in the area? And it's because they were attracted by residential and vice versa. Yeah. It's really amazing to drive through the uh, Tahoe Industrial Center, Ben. I see new big, big buildings almost every time I go by there, and I drive there at least once a month. You know where you need, when you need to go in there is at because I'll drive through there to go to Vegas, mm-hmm. drive to Vegas. you got to drive through it like 536 right. in the morning. Yeah. It is packed. It's unbelievable. Really? I, I mean, it's an industrial that. park, <laughs> yeah. so it's sprawled. Yeah. But when you drive through that front part where all the, the retail buildings are and you got all these people just hustling, trying to get work, the traffic going out there is unbelievable, uh, and you really got to see it to believe it. Yeah, I travel there usually in the evenings, so I don't see a whole lot of traffic. And I always wonder, with all these big buildings here and all this industry here, there's got to be a lot of traffic at some time. So you picked it up at the right time, first yeah. thing in the morning, it's right first and early. Thing in the morning. Yeah. Also with us in the studio today, Larry Ryan is with us. Larry is the owner of Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing Services. Larry, you've seen a lot of growth in northern Nevada as well. The commercial business is really what keeps you going and keeps growing. Uh, have you had a chance to go out and take a look at the Tahoe Industrial Center yourself? If I just drove through it yeah. uh, one time about two years ago, but mm. I haven't been back since. And yeah. like he said, I need to get out there and check it out. You know, it changes and, all the uh, time. They're building uh, new hotels there. There's yeah. one new one that yeah. just opened up. New restaurants are being opened up right there. I, I don't think it's a city, but it's Tahoe Industrial City yeah. to me. Yep, my, crew's, right, my crew's <laughs> been out there, and they tell me it's, it, it, sometimes it's hard to get in and out out there. It really is. You know, so, it's so, exciting, though, because uh, yeah. th- we have worldwide recognition because of Tesla. And I think, Ben and, and Larry, that Reno was really discovered throughout the world because 
of Tesla, and uh, it's a great destination place. It always has been. Reno is a fantastic place to live, but it really has been discovered by people that want to live here and by businesses that want to take advantage of all the horsepower that's here. Larry, when you're working in your world, uh, commercial businesses, uh, they're growing dramatically, it seems like, in northern Nevada. I have friends who have restaurants. They've opened up their second, their third, and uh, that's got to be put a lot of stress on a company like yours because the demand absolutely must be growing. It's growing all the time, and I'm growing. I'm growing with it. You're so, able to keep up with it uh, and keep moving. Yeah, I got to keep. It's hard sometimes to get everybody scheduled as mm-hmm. quick as they like it, but we're rapid. Yeah. So we stick to that, and we try to get everybody within a couple hours and get them scheduled. And we also, if they have a uh, an event going on, then they go to the top of the list because uh, they're having an event, and it's important that they get taken care of. Oh yeah. Before they have any issues that uh, affects their event. It seems so, like every year during the holidays, I hear of one business or two that had big problems in their operations when they had huge, huge demand on their facilities. You know, I'm talking about company business parties and events that are taking place at many of these restaurants. And it surely is a disaster when they have major plumbing problems. When people call you for things that are working like that, I know you say you're 24-7, 365, but is that for sure? How long does it take to get out there to downtown Reno if somebody has a problem? We're pretty quick. We can usually get there within 30 to 45 minutes. And mm. um, usually I've been to a convention where they were having a convention in town, and all of a sudden all the toilets backed up and everything was stuff was running down the hallways. And oh, man. There's people in business suits and their dress-up clothes. And and so we got to get in there and take care of that right away. And, and so it's key to get the quick service and get to them right away. Absolutely. Quick service is important when you're working in the commercial business world. And we're going to talk about what's going to be happening as the holidays come up, some of the peak times, some preparations that people need to get in line before those holiday parties and events start. We'll also continue our conversation with Ben Gallus. I want to look at some of the details on the multifamily transactions that have happened here in northern Nevada over the course of the last month. That and more after this message. If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency. Hi, my name is Brandi Dunbar, and I've lived here in Reno my entire life. I've worked for child care for the last 17 years, and I just started working at CSA about a year ago, and I absolutely love it. Here at CSA, teachers have more time to plan, more time to teach, and more time to play. Call 786 If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Here is your host, Peter Padilla. 
We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're talking today about commercial real estate here in northern Nevada with my two guests in studio. Ben Gallus is with us from the Gallus Multifamily Investment Group. He's the executive vice president. And uh, you've been with the company a long time, Ben. You have a lot of data. Today we're looking at some of the transactions that have happened over the course of the last month in the area of multifamily transactions. Okay, if we talk about each one individually a little bit. All right. So this first one that you're talking about happened in September, and it was on Kerman Avenue, right here, not far from where our studio is. This was a 10-unit building. Tell me a little bit about that that area. So this was a little uh, unique. It's really close to Reno Public Market and also the Reno Experience District. Mm -hmm. And it was actually four parcels. It was an eightplex and then there was two other, uh, three other lots. Two of them had single-family houses, and then there was a vacant lot. And mm-hmm. so that transaction, uh, the building and the houses all needed a lot of work. It yep. really traded at a pretty, pretty low price, one fifteen a door. Especially when you take into account there were two houses. Yeah. Um, I think there was some seller motivation that he really needed to get off of that, and he also did carry back a pretty high loan-to-value loan. I, mm. I, I don't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head, but it was probably an 80% loan-to-value loan on that. Um, so that that one's a beautiful brick building now. I mean, once it's redone, it'll look it'll look sharp. 115, 116,000 per door. That's not bad, it's like you say, especially when it, when it includes a couple of houses. We're, we're averaging about 213,000 a door for the year yeah. on the average price per door. Yeah. So to give you some kind of... But it needed a lot of work. When I look at this, it, it looks to me like it's probably the best deal on the sheet, and it probably was a really good deal for the buyer. But like you say, it needs some improvement. The, the, when you bought this, when he bought this property, probably had a budget in mind that he's going to use for upgrade. Yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, spitballing. Those are all one bedroom units. I would venture to say he's going to do a full remodel on each interior. So that's mm-hmm. probably going to, I'd say. Ten to fifteen thousand per interior because you're going to do all new appliances, cabinets, right. floors. Uh, it also probably needs a new roof. I, I believe that was a flat roof, and it is an older building, and so I'm sure that they they probably camered those sewer lines to make sure that they weren't backing up as well. So yeah, that's a big investment, big property that he he picked up there. Ten units, uh, over sixty six hundred square feet. The next one on the property list that we're looking at, Ben, is in Carson City. It's at 1220 East 5th Street. Also, 10 units. That one sold for a little bit more. In fact, it looks like it sold for a little over two times as much. So this and was a, actually a 16-unit deal, and those were all oh, two I'm sorry. Bedroom. Yes, you're right. 16. And those were all two-bedroom, one-bath units, and they were actually pretty good size. I mean, they're close to 900 square feet each. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were rented at pretty good rents. I think they were all in the uh, 1250 to 1600 a month uh, rent range. Uh, that owner had maintained it really well. Real pride of ownership guy, and mm-hmm. and that that buyer uh, that was a cash deal. They had uh, uh, some money uh, that they they needed to spend in an exchange. Carson City always a strong real estate market because it's always got demand with all of the political work that's done there and state capital and all. I think Carson City is a great place to live. And when you look uh, from the residential side, the median home prices are a little bit less than they are in Reno Sparks. Yeah, I you know I really love the Carson rental market. In, in fact, I I really like that region for investment property. Number one, they don't have a lot of new brand new Class A uh, apartment buildings that are being built. They have one on Little Lane, and then the Carson Hills apartments got completed. 
in uh, April of 2020. Mm -hmm. And those are really the last two new Class A projects, whereas in Reno, there's a lot of Class A projects. And I think that's been uh, definitely affecting the rental market in Reno and Sparks, whereas Carson City, all you've got are older like B and C class apartments right. that are like 20, 30 years old. And tenants tend to gravitate there, I think. And I like the quality of living in Carson City as well. Yeah, it really has even more of a small town feeling than Reno does. And I love being so close to the mountains and Lake Tahoe. It's a really a great place to live, I think. Yeah, and they got a lot of good, all those politicians that come up from Vegas, they've demanded good restaurants. They got a lot of good restaurants in Carson City, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. If you just measure the girth of the average congressman or senator, you'll know <laughs> Carson City has some great <laughs> restaurants. Very nice. Sparks is no slouch either. It comes in at the third property at 2565 G Street. And that one, again, is a 10-unit property that sold then. It's uh, over 7,000 square feet, it looks like. Tell us about that property that sold for just under $2 million. So that was all two-bedroom, one-bath units as well. It's right near the Reno Sparks border, kind of by the Boys and Girls Club. And oh, yeah. And the uh, drive-in movie theater. I love theater. the drive-in movie theater. Um, yeah. You know, that was a cash deal uh, as well. Um, they had that listed at about a million eight five or a million nine. So they came off quite a bit uh, on their pricing. But... Uh, that was, I think, a pretty reasonable price. Can you tell me about the people? I, I mean, I'm sure you haven't met all the owners, but in general, what kind of person is buying properties, multifamily units of 10 units? Are they corporations? Are they individuals that want to invest? Uh, what What is that like? Oh, this is that. That's like mom and pop, uh, or, or you know, in, it's regional guys, individuals, okay. and okay. so you know, people that own like a plumbing company, contracting business. Uh, any kind of business, really. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on this one in particular, the seller was out of California. Uh, buyer was actually regional. He okay. was local. But, you know, you get a mix of both. If somebody wants to get into the world of real estate investing, I've thought about buying a series of homes, let's say half a dozen homes or so, in uh, in a particular area to rent out, to, you know, work on the appreciation and, you know, have some, some uh, something for our future. If somebody was doing that, let's say, with six individual homes, but I also had a chance to instead, let's say, do 10-unit apartment. What are the big differences there? I mean, I know it's only one property versus six, but what side is better for an individual? Is, are there any general general uh, elements there? You know, it just depends. I mean, I own, a, me personally, I have several single-family rentals and mm -hmm. one apartment building. But, uh, you know, I guess in moving your equity from multiple single-family houses into an apartment building, mm -hmm. you get... All the units all in one place, so you don't have to go from house to house or all over, uh, and it's a diversified asset. One single-family residence goes vacant. You're 100% vacant. Uh, yeah. On a 10-unit building, one unit goes vacant, you're still 90% occupied. You still get 90% of your rent. So that's the reason why you would go with a, an apartment building as opposed to uh, a single-family rental. But you know, at the same time, I don't know if there's a lot of people that are going to pull the trigger and buy... Uh, single-family rentals. Uh, I do think it's a good idea, but man, we just missed out on a monumental opportunity the last three years. I mean, how many people do you know that have sub-3% 30-year fixed debt on a single-family uh, house yeah. or as a, a rental? Right. Even if you want to sell that, you don't want to pay off the loan. You, it's irreplaceable debt. Right, right. The, those loans, those 3%, even a 4% loan, be it residential or commercial, at least at this point, it's somewhat of a collector item in its own right. You know, can, is there some people that just can't believe that people still have mortgages 
that have that kind of a rate, but they do, Ben, and they don't want to let them go. And here's another thing about commercial debt. So commercials classified as anything five units or more. They don't fix the rate for 30 years. They may amortize over 25, but typically they're three, five, 10 year fixed. So eventually on commercial deals, you either have to refinance, sell, or figure something else out, get an extension from your bank, because you know they reset quite frequently. Yeah, the people that are buying right now, I have a feeling, Ben, if they're buying with a loan of any kind, they're probably thinking, well, hopefully in a year or two or three, interest rates will adjust, we'll be able to refinance, and we can continue to move forward. So many people are waiting, though, until the rates actually go down. But the people that are really serious buyers or absolutely need property today, they're probably the ones that are involved with some of these transactions. Ben, I want to talk about these other deals that you've got going. And I want to talk more with our commercial plumbing expert, Larry Ryan, about some of the issues that might come up when you're looking at multifamily transactions. But we have to take a quick break. So please hang on. We'll be back after this. While the kids are being cared for at Early Head Start, parents are able to maintain a job, go back to school, do whatever they need to do to support their family. Hi, my name is Miss Camilla. I work for Early Head Start. I am in the baby room. I absolutely love it. I love working with the babies. They are newborns to one-year-olds, and it's just very, very heartwarming. If you want a great job and love kids, come see us at Head Start and Early Head Start. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. And we are back on Nevada Real Estate Radio talking about multifamily transactions with my guests in the studio, Ben Gallus, Executive Vice President at Gallus Multifamily Investment Group, and also Larry Ryan. He's the owner of of Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing. Larry, as you've been hearing uh, me talk with Ben about these properties, uh, I can see on your eyes as they're moving there, you're probably thinking about how many plumbing issues they might have with 10 units versus 16 units versus 14 units. Talk to us about some of the plumbing issues that can happen when you have multifamily that are different than they would if you had a single-family residence. Well, see, all the plumbing is interior the upstairs affects the downstairs. So if you have an upstairs unit and a downstairs unit, people upstairs could put something in the toilet or flush something or the sink, the grease builds up in the lines and it affects the bottom unit, but it doesn't affect the person on the top. And they just keep running water and they keep running and they keep doing their thing. And it, it, so that's why you got to stay ahead of this stuff and, and watch it. And, and it can cause a lot of property damage fast when yeah. you, when nobody's home downstairs they're gone to work or something and they come home and they got a mess. Oh yeah, that is one of the issues when you have two story or three story uh, units. I was a a property manager myself for a unit that I lived in in Denver at one time. Uh, Larry, and you're right. I remember one time one of the tenants called me from down the hall. We were on the bottom floor and she said to me, "Peter, my ceiling is leaking. There's a problem in the ceiling. It's yeah. probably raining." And I'm thinking, "Well, I got to go up on the roof and take a look." Then I realized She's on the first floor. There's two more floors above her. And sure enough, 
The second floor had a big leak. They didn't even know about it. Right. They had no idea. It's funny how it sneaks in there sometimes. Yep, it does. Other times, though, somebody has an issue on the second floor, and they have a plumbing issue. Let's say the toilet won't work, or it's plugged up, or it's leaking. They have an issue, and then the person below them has the same issue. Suddenly, you have two issues at once. Exactly. So, yep. Ben, I see yep. that. I see a plumbing problem can turn into bigger problems in a multifamily than they can in a primary residence unit. Yeah, uh, plumbing leaks are, are <laughs> devastating on a lot of apartment buildings, uh, and uh, they can lead to a lot of insurance claims and everything, not mm. just with the leaks and the repair on that, but yeah. if it's not taken care of right away, it can lead to, to moisture problems or molds. molds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you were telling me, Ben, when we were on break, that you have used Rapid Router in the past for some of their services, and I heard you talking about the camera. And so let me ask Larry Ryan to talk to us about that. Larry, you, you like like a video production company, you have a video system of your own in the plumbing world. Let our listeners know about that. Yes, we can come out there and we can put a camera down the sewer lines and we inspect them uh, when people are buying properties and when they're buying these multi property units. We can tell them what kind of shape the sewer line is in. We can tell them what kind of pipe is is in the ground. We can kind of give them an idea if they're going to have future problems with it, how uh-huh. long it may last, if they got something that's starting and they need to probably budget to get it repaired. And then we can also do the interior lines of, for the kitchen drains and check the grease and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of, we can check the whole system out. Yeah. Um, and that camera is, uh, well, it's it's just amazing. It's just like your eyes looking right yeah. down at you. Can see everything that's going on, and, and there's no guesswork now. It's and you can pinpoint it. You can locate it if you have a problem underneath the bathtub or wherever. You can, you can pinpoint where the issues are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing I would add to what he's saying is I recommend anybody, whether you're buying a house, commercial building, or a multifamily building, to check the sewer line because there's nothing worse then you buy a property or let's say even a house mm-hmm. and you know things are coming up stuff is coming up from the drains that's a pretty disheartening thing to have happen yeah. rapid rooters the best in the game in terms of doing those cameras and they really explain things well i think the best thing that they do is they also warn you to not eat about an hour before or an hour <laughs> after watching the video so that's always uh, very helpful <laughs> that's true that is amazing yeah you know what i've actually seen some of that operation on video And it's really amazing that you can examine a pipe so closely that it's buried deep in the ground. It makes a big difference, like Ben says. I've known people who have bought homes, bought businesses, and almost immediately they're having major, major problems. So, Ben, when somebody is looking at purchasing commercial real estate, you're saying get that inspection done, get that camera done. But let me ask, is it an expensive thing to do, Larry? It's it's minimal compared to the problems they could have. Well, there you go. Okay. Um, we charge two hundred dollars an hour to come out and, and put a camera down there, uh-huh. but it's but it's well worth it for what you're going to get. Well, yeah, okay? because if you if you buy a building or buy a property with bad plumbing or bad yeah. piping, it's it's thousands, right? It thousands, is. big, 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 big money. Well, if Major even money. even if you have a toilet overflow and get into the carpet, just have the carpet guy come out and clean it. You know, or you're going to have more and water damage. You yeah. know, and and so that camera is well worth well worth it. And if you do it during the transaction, you have another party that's responsible for it at that moment. You have the seller, mm-hmm. right? But if you go, th- don't do it, and you buy it, 
and it's kind of on you as being the person that bought the property. Right. And and at least on a, from a multifamily perspective, nothing's more disheartening than having to replace a sewer line that's not going to increase rents and not adding to you know the bottom line at all. But it's an expense that if you don't have, you're probably going to have an empty building because it's probably not going to smell very good. Yes, I know Ben and Larry that in the residential world, if you're getting financing on a property, a uh, home inspection of some sort is required. Uh, depending on the home itself, it might even require a well inspection or foundation inspection uh, in order to get the financing. When it comes to commercial properties, Ben, is it similar to that? Are, are some of the financing companies requiring that these major inspections happen? Uh, most banks uh, don't. They, they will require an environmental survey or questionnaire a lot of times. Uh, Fannie Mae is probably the most strict. They'll look for not just uh, a phase one environmental report, but uh, you know a lot a lot of other required reports. But um, you know the, the the sewer line inspections are never really required. And and on commercial, you you really tell people, hey, you can have a general guy, but you should really have an electrician look at the electrical, a plumber yeah. look at the plumbing and have the specialists in those fields do their inspections. Because a general inspection guy, uh, he can do well on a, on a single family transaction, but on a commercial deal, you really need you know multiple guys doing yeah. multiple things. But it's not ne- necessarily a lending requirement. No, but it, it is for, for good security. Uh, if, if you're a wise investor, I would imagine this is something you absolutely just need to do because, I mean, one deal, one bad deal, one bad plumbing situation from one property could really ruin your whole whole portfolio. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Let's talk about some of these other properties, Ben Gallus, that you've been focusing on your multifamily transactions. The fourth one that we have on our list is at five seventy Grand Canyon Boulevard. That's a little bit bigger unit, thirteen units, eighty seven sixty square feet, and uh, that sold for just over two million dollars. Tell us about that property. So that one was about half one bedrooms and half two bedroom units. Uh, the, the buyer on that was, is a pretty active buyer, local buyer, and the seller on that was local as well. So uh-huh. this is pr- pretty much a, a local transaction. Uh, the, the buyer on that did get the seller to carry back paper. He put about 40, 50% down and the owner carried the, the, the balance. I'm not sure exactly what the terms were on that, but the cap rate was uh, about a five and a half cap uh, at the s- final sales price. Yeah, when uh, when you get seller financing, that, that's a great benefit for any buyer. Because you can negotiate with your bank. You can't go to Bank of America and say, hey, I want to pay 5%, but you can go to a seller and say, I want to pay 5%. And you, and you can negotiate the terms. That's kind of the beauty of, yeah. of owner financing. It sure. could be kind of whatever the two parties agree to. Yeah, I love owner financing because it's a great help to the buyer, and uh, it makes the seller's property look a little bit more attractive when it has that opportunity to do seller financing. I've always uh, heard, Ben, that in many cases with seller financing, the seller is going to make better interest than he can at a bank, and the buyer is going to pay lower interest than he could at a bank. So if they structure it properly, it's a win-win situation. It can be, and, and a buyer doesn't have to pay a point. Uh, you go to a bank, they're going to charge a 1% origination. Loan, of the loan amount, mm-hmm. the loan origination fee, and they're also going to require an appraisal, which the buyer has to pay for. So buyer's saving a lot of money up front on, yeah. on an owner financing transaction. Yeah, and uh, the seller, many times I know sellers, if they get that whole cash amount in one lump shot, they've got tax issues coming. And so if they can get somebody to purchase on a seller financing, it might even be beneficial for them. There's a lot of accountants that, strategically speaking to their clients, tell them from a tax perspective, 
you uh, should do owner financing because you're only going to get tax as you receive the consideration or the cash. So mm-hmm. get tax on the down, based on the down payment and then get tax based off of when you receive the payments. Well, let's talk a little bit more about owner financing. When those things happen, Ben, do the other procedures in the real estate transaction flow pretty much the same way? What I'm talking about is title, escrow, the recording of the properties, et cetera, everything, uh, cash transaction versus financing transaction? Well, under financing deals, the big difference is uh, some somebody's got to hire an attorney to draft the promissory note in the deed of trust. There and you go. So there are local attorneys that put those together. Mm-hmm. They usually need about a week, maybe uh, two weeks to put those together. And so, uh, but it's usually a lot quicker transaction. Usually on a commercial deal, People want 30 days for their due diligence or their investigation period, uh, and then they'll ask for another 15 to 30 days past that to remove their financing contingency. But with an owner carry, once you're done with the the due diligence period, you Mm -hmm. can pretty much close within 15 days after that. Very nice. So you get a speed factor there too. Absolutely. If you can get a seller carry. Um, So let's talk about some of the tenants uh, that move into some of these properties. Uh, a lot of these things are multifamily, like we're talking about. What is the situation when uh, a, a, a renter wants to purchase a property, or rather rent a pro- one of these properties, any property, but they're on some sort of government assistance? So Reno Housing Authority is is essentially the uh, the voucher administrator locally. Um, they will handle, uh, and there it's actually a really great program. And one of the great things that they recently did, they added a landlord advocate. Uh, she's a great gal. I, if you own property and you're even somewhat considering uh, taking a voucher, I would absolutely talk to them. Uh, depending on the voucher program, uh, you know they they inspect the tenant's unit every year, and mm-hmm. there's certain responsibilities that the tenant's supposed to have. Yep. Uh, and there's certain responsibilities that a landlord's going to have too on that. Um, which, you know, hey, that's reasonable. Um, and, you know, they have a decent amount of people that are on the wait list uh, for these vouchers. Or when they have the voucher, they're having a hard time finding owners that will accept them. Mm-hmm. But an owner can do their normal screening process and you can screen the tenant and, yeah, I want to take them or no, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, vacancy starting to creep up a little bit in the market. Mm-hmm. And I, in my opinion, just my opinion, I do think it would be wise for a lot more landlords to consider taking uh, tenants that are on vouchers. And so are you talking about something called Section 8? Do I well, there's a lot of different programs. Okay. There's like a VASH program for veterans. There, there's okay. Section 8. And okay. So there, there's a few different but you, voucher But the vouchers kind of covers it, every, covers it in yeah. broad spectrum. Um, when uh, when a, 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 a landlord gets a tenant that's on one of these vouchers, I would think that they have a little bit more security than somebody who's, you know, may lose their job next month, essentially. Yeah, and I got a great example, too, especially in the past few years when rents have gone up. I had an apartment owner. uh, She had a building, and 25 of her tenants were on vouchers, Mm -hmm. and they were all paying $700 a month. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, have you put in your request to increase the rents? She said, no. I'm like, just do it. And so she did, and she took the rents from 700 to 1100, so 400 more a month on 25 units. Wow! And the tenants absorbed absolutely zero of that rent increase. It was all the housing authority that just increased the amount they paid uh-huh. on the voucher. So it's a win for the owner because they're getting more in rent, and they didn't have to remodel those units and kick hmm. those tenants out, displace them mm-hmm. to get the higher rent. And for the tenant, it, there's no difference. 
There was no difference. They Bang. paid their amount. The uh, uh, RHA paid their amount. It, it's a great. It's a great deal. This is a great way to feel like you're doing something good for society as well as doing good for your own business. It's when you offer housing with multifamily housing to people that need the vouchers because there's an element of security and you are really helping a lot of people. Absolutely. It's a great thing to talk about here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. When we come back, I want to talk about the last two properties that we're looking at. Once one of them sold in uh, 64 Park Street, the other one at 475 Grand Canyon Boulevard. Ben Gallus from Gallus Multifamily Investment Group will keep us posted. And we're going to talk more with Larry Ryan, the owner of Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing Services here in Northern Nevada. Back after this. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Next time on the Sherry Hill Show, I'm going to highlight 13 steps that you'll need to work through to properly shut down your business so you avoid future headaches that can come from debts and potential lawsuits. We want this to be a good decision, the right decision. Join me to learn how. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. on 93.7 FM. The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. You're tuned in to 93.7 FM, and we're on Nevada Real Estate Radio in our 18th year of weekly broadcasts, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. A lot of people hold off on buying or selling real estate during the holidays because it is the holidays and people's minds are elsewhere. But I know that serious buyers, if they're out there during the holidays, they're looking for serious sellers and maybe a great deal can be put together before the end of the year. Before the end of the year, of course, too, we have the holidays and everybody's got their parties planned. They're thinking about the big restaurant they're going to take the staff to or maybe have a family party. And hopefully there will be no problems. But I have heard of people that have had big issues at their businesses during the holiday season because of the demands. Larry Ryan is with us today. He is the owner of Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing Services here in northern Nevada. And Larry, what are some of the things that businesses should be thinking about or preparing for as we're approaching the holiday season? They should have their drains checked. They should have them cleaned out. We do hot water jetting of drains. And these restaurants, all of a sudden, they're getting a big influence of people coming in. And and so with the more demand and the more service they're doing and the more stuff going down the drains and the more plates and stuff they're washing, mm-hmm. uh, they should ha- make sure they're cleaned out and ready to handle the extra people they got coming in every day. So we do hot water jetting of those yeah. services, and we can take care of them. Somebody that uh, says, no, I'm not going to do that this year, Larry. I want to save money. I'm going to keep going, and hopefully I'll just pray that everything happens as it should. What could happen? What happens if they don't get this service? What are the potential problems? We'll see you the day after Thanksgiving when you're flooding <laughs> out and the water's running down the street Okay, <laughs> out right. the back door. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I've literally had that in, in, in some restaurants where the water backs up and the dishwasher's kicking on, and it automatically is dumping commercial dishwasher. dumps a lot of water. Yeah. It's dumping it out pretty fast, and, and that yeah. water comes all over the floors and which is a hazard for your employees sure. working you got slip and fall incidences that can happen you've got a lot of issues that can go on so 
keeping ahead of that is we do maintenance programs for a lot of these restaurants in town, and we try to take care of that, keep it ahead, of, keep ahead of it. The so maintenance program. Now there you go. There's an idea. We've talked about that previously. And uh, if a if a restaurant does not have a maintenance business uh, maintenance agreement with a plumbing company like Rapid Route or Commercial Services, they're only going to call you when there's an emergency. So you know that every time they call you, they're having a big problem. That's right. They get a, a maintenance contract. What's the difference? Well, the difference is is we go in there periodically and clean those, and so they're they're not going to have very few problems in between the the maintenance. We schedule it up. We schedule the maintenance based on their need. Uh So if they have a lot of stuff in the holidays, they might want to do it more in the holidays and less in the the summer if they're Mm -hmm. slower in the summer. Depending on when their peak seasons are, we can adjust that schedule of come in and clean them when they're ahead. And that way they can stay ahead of the problems. Get that buildup out of the drains before it becomes an issue. The restaurant owners that I know, Larry, they're busy all the time. They're running around like crazy people because some of them have multi-locations. They've got a lot of employees got to take care of the staff and then you've got the food products that come and go all the perishables they are so busy i don't think they can afford sometimes to even think about their plumbing that's why it sounds like a good idea to me to get that maintenance contract because then you know that that's taken care of every day every right. month and if there's problems again i know you're going to be there and if they get it on maintenance schedule with us we call them and remind them uh-huh. we, we do courtesy calls to them and we say hey it's time to get your your drains looked at again it's been so long and uh, yeah you know you have a contract with us we're set to come in there we come in and do take care of it and it, that way you don't even have to worry about it you yeah. know it's handled you got enough to worry about during the holiday season you don't need to worry about that either so take care of it nobody can afford to or wants to lose business anytime but especially the holidays because you can disappoint so many people if you cannot deliver as a fine restaurant here in northern Nevada if anybody wants to reach you, Larry Ryan at Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing, I know where to send them. RapidRooterNV.com. There you go. Thank you. Give us a call at 775-322-4124. Excellent. Ben Gallus is with us too. Ben is the multifamily uh, investment expert with us today. And we're talking about some of the multifamily transactions that have happened here in northern Nevada. Ben, uh, the property that I want to talk about next is 64 Park Street. Where is Park Street here in Reno? Park Street is just west of Wells Avenue, north of Mill, south of East 2nd. So this was actually a transaction that I uh, was the broker on, both the buyer and the seller. Uh, Brand new construction. They just got certificate of occupancy in November of uh, 2022. Uh, They got the building fully leased owner was looking to, to get out of the construction loan and uh, just start moving on to some different projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, buyer on that is, and that was a local seller, uh, buyer on that uh, group out of uh, Bay Area wanted really nice Class A project, which this was. It was mm-hmm. a really beautiful project. And the it was three levels, the top floor, had really tall ceilings, great views of Mount Rose mm-hmm. from certain units. And mm-hmm. it was it was a really great project. And they, they named that the N64 Apartments, uh, named after the Nintendo 64, which is an old game console. Uh, you know uh, that console, yes. They didn't, they didn't do any Nintendo art, no Mario's <laughs> or, or 
anything on the walls, but it, it was a cool project. Yeah, very nice. Over 9,000 square feet, 14 units. What do you think those will rent for? Well, the studios on that were around 1300 The one-bedrooms were around 1600 and the two-bedrooms were leased at $2,000. Mm -hmm. well, that's really not too bad when you compare them to some of the properties I've seen in South Meadows, for instance. Yeah. Uh, down there, two-bedrooms are running. Some of them are at $2,500 a month. Yeah. Uh, but it tells you that a lot of money can be made in multifamily investment. Yeah. Uh, people can get well, can they get wealth? Can they run it as their full business? I bet a lot of people just decide that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life is buy multifamily investment property. Boy, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah, when I'm going to want to grow up like Ben Gallus. It's amazing, Ben. Well, how old were you when you first got your your first investment property? I've I've never rented in my life. I went straight oh from gosh. living at home to my buying my first house. Now, be it it was right after I graduated from college, and my parents gave me the the line. Hey, uh, you can live at home rent free as long as you're in school or working towards a career. And so mm -hmm. I was, you know, going to school, and and I think within a month or two after graduating, I, I bought my first house. Nice. I bet your parents were really proud of that. Yeah. And they got you out of the house. Too. And they got me out of the house finally. Well, you know, finally. getting me out at 22 <laughs> it took me a little while. Oh no, that's really young. That's a it's an incredible example that you're setting for the young people because a lot of the young people, Ben, I know they're. Uh, they're somewhat disheartened right now because of the way the economy is, the price of gasoline, everything else, and then the ability to buy a house for many people, well, it's just kind of kind of uh, evaporated away. But I'm hopeful that it will come back. And, you know, people have to live someplace all the time. So if they can find a great place to rent and uh, save some money and keep working toward that dream of home ownership, that would be a good way to do it. So a lot of these investors that are buying multifamily homes to help people find a place to live while they can grow and prosper well in a way they're helping them to absolutely achieve that american dream yeah you know and, and rents are, are softening i mean I, I wouldn't say that we're seeing rent increases and so i think it's going to soften up for tenants we have yeah. a lot of brand new really nice class a apartments all coming online all at once and that's going to affect the rental market mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh you know i think that's going to put you know, some pressure. Uh, for, they're going to compete mostly probably with concessions, although some of the complexes have started to reduce their rents to try and attract tenants. But, yeah. you know, we're also entering the wintertime, which is typically the slower rental season because mm -hmm. no one really wants to move a couch in six inches, six inches of snow. So, uh, you know, a lot of leases come up in that May to, to September time frame. So we're going into kind of like the slower rental season. But, uh, you know, it, if you're a renter, I think rent's probably going to get a little cheaper and and you know hey the feds keep saying higher for longer but the one truth i know is the feds don't know what they're doing so <laughs> when they say higher for longer i know i'm going to go the op i'm going to bet the other way on that your chances of success are about 50 50 if maybe <laughs> even better by going the other way i gotta think so it is nice to see that we're seeing some stability in the rental market and i think if somebody is looking for rental property uh, a, a rental place to live. This is a good time to look because most people aren't looking. Yeah. Most people are, and, you know, they're thinking about other things. And if you can cut a great deal right now, I've seen some rental operations spend that even offer the first month rent free sure. at this time of the year. So why not save one twelfth of your annual expense by finding a great property at some of these great multifamily opportunities? 475 Grand Canyon Boulevard. I, I didn't do that that one. I just did the 64 part. Oh, okay. The rest of these were just deals that, that sold in the market. Oh, okay, yes, but yes. 475 Grand Canyon, another great project. Out-of-state 
buyer, semi-regional seller. Mm-hmm. Uh, seller had bought that uh, for the purpose of fixing up, raising rents, and, and selling. They, it was about a two-year hold for them, and so uh, they did pretty well on that. Um, and the buyer, I think, got a, a, a pretty decent price uh, on it at, a, at 187 a door, and that's also on Grand Canyon close to um, Reno uh, uh, Entertainment District, and the Reno Public Market. Oh yeah, that that area is red hot right now because there's so much going on there, and as more and more young people are looking for activity in Northern Nevada, Reno, Midtown, that would be a great spot. Twenty-four units for four million five hundred thousand dollars, Ben, at one hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars a door. That's really not a bad deal. Yeah, and they were all one bedrooms with a few studios, mm-hmm. so they were smaller units, and and typically on smaller units you'll get a little bit more turnover because if you're in a one-bedroom, you have less stuff than if you're in a two-bedroom unit. Uh, and I think two-bedroom two unit tenants tend to stay longer. So, um, no, I, was, I would think that was a solid deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and again, of the six transactions that closed, you say four were all cash transactions, yes. two were owner finance deals, and so there were no deals that closed in September of 2023 on multifamily transactions that involved the bank loan. Yeah, and in the month of August, we only had one deal uh, actually trade. Uh, it was the 2300 West, which is over by Costco, and mm-hmm. that got bank debt. It was like a 220-unit apartment deal. They got uh, agency debt, Fannie Mae apartment loan. So, Hey, listen, if you've got cash, you're really in the king position now because when interest rates are this high, cash really can do a better deal for you if you've got it. So I always encourage our listeners to save your money. Save money all the time. Always have some cash in reserve. You never know what a great deal you can pull off in the world of real estate, be it primary residence or multifamily transactions. But either way, you've got to start with a real estate professional that knows what they're doing. And Ben Gallus, I'm glad you're here with us today, Ben, to help our listeners understand more about the multifamily real estate market. If anybody has any questions for you, wants to talk more, what is the best way? They can reach me on my cell phone, 775-750-6429. Okay, I'll put all of your contact information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. We'll make it easy for people to find you. Hope you come back to visit with us soon. Every quarter. All right, Ben, thank you. Larry Ryan has been with us too. Larry is the owner of Rapid Rooter Commercial Plumbing Services. Larry, the holidays are coming up. Pretty likely you'll be working Thanksgiving New Year's, Christmas. We are. You are. You're there ready for That's why we're here, 24-7, 365. If anybody wants to call you, talk about plumbing situations, maybe get a maintenance contract for their commercial business, what is the best way to reach you? Best way is to give me a call at 775-322-4124. We'll answer any of your questions you got. All right. And the website, rapidrooternv.com. I'll put all of your contact information on our website too, Larry. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Pete. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. We're on the air again next week, same time, same station. Tell your friends and family, too, so they can make a great deal when it comes time to buy or sell residential or commercial real estate. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. Natakwa, Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa. Next time on the Sherry Hill Show, I'm going to highlight 13 steps that you'll need to work through to properly shut down your business so you avoid future headaches that can come from debts and potential lawsuits. 
We want this to be a good decision, the right decision. Join me to learn how. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. on 93.7 FM. The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.